Good evening. evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. This is the first chapel of the 2007 winter trimester. Congratulate each other for being here. Uh, For those of you who haven't been in a chapel service before, um, there is, we have one purpose this year. Uh, We are attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You'll see that at the bottom of the handout that you have in front of you. Let's say it one more time. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's our privilege to have President Harold Graves uh, as the speaker of the evening. Um, He's a soft-spoken, kind of unassuming guy who low-key... We're going to begin our um, our worship service with one of the texts for his sermon. You'll find it on the handout that you have in your hand. Uh, It's Psalm 100. I'd like us to stand and read the whole psalm together in unison. Let's read together. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His court with thanksgiving, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, and praise His name. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Highest of heights to the depths of the 
Continue to praise Him. 
Thank you, Father, for accepting all that we've offered to you. Thank you for all of the change that you've made in our life. Thank you for what you're calling us to and shaping us to become. Majesty. Majesty. We worship you with who we are. We worship you with what we have. Jesus who died and now glorified. King of all kings, we give you praise. And now we ask that you would help our hearts hear your word for your sake and for the sake of those in our lives who don't know you yet. We say it in the one who is majestic. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Boy, I had a good one. Ate too much. Saw my kids. Dedicated my first grandchild on Sunday. I had a good Thanksgiving. I mean, this coat fit me before Thanksgiving. We've got to find a Weight Watchers club. I <laughs> Am I being heckled from that side? And what was it exactly you said? Whoa. Well, we're all about the truth here. Amen. Psalms 100. Um Eugene Peterson in the message kind of paraphrases this uh, psalm this way. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password. Thank you. Enter with the password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank Him. Worship Him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. Thanks. Thanks, Lord. What, is it, what does it mean to have a grateful heart? I love the story that Winston Churchill used to tell about the little boy who was by the fishing pier and fell into the water. Obviously, the little boy couldn't swim, and a soldier on the pier saw what was going on. He jumped into the water, saved the child, brought him out of the water. Checked around, tried to find the child's parents, couldn't find the child's parents. He was there with other little children. So, along with some of the children, they made their way home. and. And uh, the parents weren't there, but he got the little boy home. The next day, the parents were looking for the soldier. Obviously, the people thought that they wanted to say thank you. So they helped look for the soldier, and they finally found him at the pier once again. They came up to the soldier, and they introduced themselves as, 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 the, as the parents of the, of the little boy that he had pulled out of the water the day before. Soldier was waiting for a handshake and a thank you. Instead, the people looked, the father looked 
at uh, the soldier and he said to him, he said, where's my boy's hat? The soldier said, excuse me? So when my boy fell in the water, he had a hat on and we want to know where is his hat? The soldier was dumbfounded. He didn't know what to say or do, but he looked in shock at the ingratitude of this family. He had saved the boy from certain drowning and yet their only concern was what did you do with our boy's hat? Now we've all known people that were ungrateful but I don't want to talk about the characteristics of those who are ungrateful tonight but rather characteristics of a grateful heart. A grateful person is a humble person. Uh, Wikipedia is, defines a humble person is someone who is generally thought to be unpretentious and modest. Someone who does not think that he or she is better or more important than others. A humble person will recognize the limits of one's talents, ability, or authority. A humble person. True Christian humility is embodied in Christ in his humble birth in a manger, in his humble daily walk, and finally in his self-sacrificial death on the cross. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as found in Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 through 8. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. If we truly follow Christ's example, then humility will be a way of life, a habit of submitting to God's will and a lifelong commitment of devoting ourselves to God's calling. In daily practice, humility means to put aside self-interest in order to serve God and others wholeheartedly. That's what Paul T.P. Wong said about humility. As the psalmist said in verse 3 of Psalm 100, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. One day a government official happened into the White House and came into the office where President Lincoln was shining his own shoes. The government official looked at him and he said, Mr. President, surely you do not polish your own shoes. Lincoln responded, of course. Whose do you polish? The greatness of a man is evidenced by his humility. The Filipinos had an ancient saying that went like this, the higher the bamboo grows, the lower it bends. All of this is illustrated in the life of Jesus. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I believe that the highest title God ever gives any of us is that of being a servant.
Well, I would say to you that a grateful person is a humble person. Second, a grateful person is God-centered and others' conscience. I suspect that for many of us, our Christian experience is too often influenced by our circumstances. When we are up, God is great. When we are down, God is distant. If things go our way, we have much for which to praise God. If things come that would test the patience of Job, we're tempted to give up. To be God-centered is to realize that God is at the heart of life. He influences and invades all of reality. Why does this matter? How will this enable me to be a grateful person? Because our happiness is not dependent on personal experience, but rather on God's grace and love for us. Again, we hear the psalmist call out in verse 2 of Psalm 100, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. If you put, if you put this together, you hear these words in this psalm. Worship the Lord with gladness. Know that the Lord is God. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His faithfulness continues. Dr. Robert Emmons, professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, is one of the foremost authorities on the topic of gratitude. He is quoted as saying, I think of gratefulness as really anchored in spirituality. And so a secular perspective is going to tend to erode that sense of gratefulness. You get that? I mean, what this, what this professor is saying is that, that you, don't, you, don't, you find gratitude in that which is spiritual. Now, he might consider spirituality to be Buddhism or something of that nature. We know that it is found in Christ. And so for us, we know that, 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 that if we look at things from a secular perspective, it's going to distort that which we should be grateful for. Grateful people are free to be giving and caring because they are centered on God. And they are centered on others, not on themselves. Grateful people who are God-centered and others-focused are loving God and loving people and want to bless others. Um, I read this story about uh, Jules and Jan Broom. Jules and Jan Broom's daughter, 23-year-old daughter, was killed in an automobile accident on May the 1st, 1998. In the days following Shannon's death, her parents discovered her gratitude journal. For nearly a year, Shannon had been faithfully chronicling five things she was thankful for every day. She was thankful for the little things, like good egg salad and chapstick. But what touched her parents the most were the entries specifically related to her family. Through reading her journal, 
they realized that every day of Shannon's life she had been happy think of that through every day of her life she had been happy and had loved every member of her family so the brooms wanted Shannon's family and friends to know how much they had meant to her so they used her artwork and her thoughts to create bookmarks due to an overwhelming response the bookmarks have now taken on a life of their own with over 20,000 given out by the end of last year the thoughts of gratitude that were on the bookmarks often caused people to think about their own lives and they passed the bookmarks on to others hoping to inspire them as well the brooms say they went through difficult times when they wanted to give up now I can tell you as a parent I, I, I can't imagine now as a pastor I walked with people who lost their children and I gotta tell you the loss of a child is unnatural you know parents become grandparents and they graduate on to heaven I mean, it's the natural progression of life what is unnatural is for a mother to bury her five-year-old that is unnatural and, 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 and it's very difficult for parents to, to, to transition through that loss. And, and, and it was rightfully so for the brooms. But they used this bookmark therapy not only to touch others, but in so doing it brought healing to their own lives, their own hearts, their own journey. You see, what I'm trying to say, a grateful person is humble, but also a grateful person is God-centered and others-focused. They look around and they find people that they can help, that they can serve. And what compels them to do so? It is the grace that they are receiving from God on a daily basis. Well, there's one other thing. The grateful heart is a full heart. No matter how little a person may actually have when they compare it to others, a grateful person feels like they are full because they are grateful. Look at the words of the psalmist, verses 4 and 5 of 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The grateful person has an unlimited capacity to enjoy God's blessings no matter how few or how many they may have. Let me tell you this. Nobody has few blessings from God. We all have many, many, many blessings from God. The grateful person, even in the midst of heartache and loss, is going to feel full. Not because of things, but because of His grace and His mercy and His love that fills our lives.
I think there's a great illustration of this principle in the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is, is really a rather lengthy thank you note written from the Apostle Paul to express his gratitude to the believers in Philippi. They ministered to Paul in his financial and material needs while he was traveling around planting churches everywhere. In verses 15 through 16 of chapter 4 of Philippians, we read these words. You Philippians well know, and, and you can be sure I'll never forget it, that when I first left Macedonia province, venturing out with the message, not one church helped out in the give and take of this work except you. You were the only one. You were the only one. Paul is saying thank you. He's expressing gratitude. Now having expressed his appreciation for the gift, Paul is sitting in the heart of a Roman prison. Think about this. He's sitting in the heart of a Roman prison writing this letter. Deprived of all but the minimum of necessities. He makes this remarkable statement in verse 18 of chapter 4. At the moment, I have all I need. But it doesn't stop there. At the moment, I have all I need and more. And I want to say, Paul, come on now, get real, man. You're in the middle of a prison. You have to ask permission to go to the restroom. What do you mean you have all that you need and more? You see, Paul's gratitude was not based on the circumstances of life but rather on the overflowing abundant grace of the one he served and the one who was with him in that prison cell. And then Paul believed that God's goodness and God's blessings were so abounding that he could pass them on. He says in verse 19, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, not only is there enough for me here in prison, but there's plenty for you. So, let me ask you, this day, do you have a sense of fullness or emptiness? Could you say with Paul, I have everything that I need. God's grace is abounded to me. I am full. See, Paul didn't have all in terms of creature comforts. But I'll tell you what he did have. He had Jesus. And that was enough. So I say to you, as I've said to others, you may have lost a mate. You may have lost a child. You may have lost a job. You may have lost a friend. You may have lost the dearest possessions in the world to you. But if you have a thankful heart, you can still, through your tears, have a sense of fullness. I, I really like what uh, Melody Beatty wrote about gratitude. She said, Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal 
into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. That's the characteristics of a grateful heart. You see, I don't think Thanksgiving really ends with the leftovers from the turkey dinner. I think really Thanksgiving is just the kickoff of a great season to be thankful. As we enter Advent, and as we prepare our hearts for this great season of the year, should not we of all people be most grateful for what God has done. So here's my challenge to you. You know what Shannon did? Every day she would get up and write five things in her journal that she was thankful for. Doesn't have to be the big things. Chapstick. You know what I would be thankful for right now? A glass of water. Simple things. But that's a great exercise. So I would challenge you, then during this Advent season, as we lead into Christmas Day, why not begin your day with a little journal writing five things that you're thankful for? I bet you'll not have trouble coming up with five things. In fact, you'll find yourself having to limit. Don't limit. Fill out the whole page. Be a grateful person. Have a heart of gratitude. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done in us. All of us tonight have so much to be thankful for. Forgive us for the things that we take for granted. Help us to to take hold during this season of the year the many things that we have to be thankful for. Father, so many things. And may you cultivate in us a heart of humility, a heart that is centered on you, focused on the needs of people around us. May we be full of your spirit, Lord Jesus, so that others can see you living through us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. right where you are. And I want you to use this song at least the first time through. Let's continue in this attitude of prayer. If I with a grave.
Oh, give 